Welcome to Season 7 of Beyond the Jargon, a conversation with grad students about their research journey here at the University of Victoria from CFUV 101.9 FM. This episode was created on the traditional territory of the Songhees, Eskimos, and West Sandwich peoples, whose historical relationships with the land continue to this day. I am your host, Taiwo Afolabi. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Jargons. Uh, today, um, I'm in the studio with uh, Ambri Husseini. Um, and we're going to be having amazing uh, conversation about uh, Ambi's um, research. It's good to have you today, Ambri. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me. I'd like you to introduce yourself, Ambi, sure. for our listeners out there. Sure. Okay. So I will begin with Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. That's the phrase basically that we use in our culture uh, to, to begin with something. Uh, which means that um, in the name of God, the most merciful, the most beneficent. So I would like to st- start with that phrase. My name is Amreen Shahzad Husseini. I am originally from Pakistan. Um, from my education perspective, I did a master's in Islamic studies from University of Karachi. Then I moved to London, did my another master's in Muslim cultures from the Aga Khan University Institute for the Study of Muslim Civilizations. And uh, then I moved here to University of Victoria. So at this moment, I am a PhD candidate at my department, Art History and Visual Studies, Faculty of Fine Arts. Uh, I do some TA work there. I am a teaching assistant coordinator as well. So I help my department TAs to facilitate the classes. I do some workshops. I also provide some tutoring support. And my research is about the artistic expressions of the Quran. And the nature of my research is more modern and contemporary. So when I was thinking about coming to University of Victoria, and especially in the Department of Artistry and Visual Studies, I was thinking, am I really making a good decision of coming in this department, which starts with art history, (laughs) and my work is more modern and contemporary, Mm. and deals with the living people, basically. Uh, but the department has visual studies as well. So I think I made a good decision. And here the faculty, the people, the staff members, graduate advisors, everyone is so cooperative. And I'm, I'm flourishing. I'm nurturing myself, my research and learning so much from the community. Wow, that's, that's, that's so great to hear that kind of testimony and about your research and, and your department. We're going to be really talking about Ambri's research today. And um, Ambri's work examines contemporary Muslim artist uh how they're interpreting the word of god which is uh, that's quran right mm-hmm. uh through their artistic endeavors yeah. and and then um, so, so my my first question would be what what inspired you to pick this line of inquiry mm-hmm. so before i answer your question i'll just add one more layer to your question so yes i'm interested in how muslim artists are interpreting the word of god the quran but also how people who are using the art are engaging with those arts. Mm. So my research is basically, I would say, it's, uh, it has different perspectives. So I'm looking at the engagement of the Quran mm. from both perspectives, from users' perspectives and from artists' perspective. And therefore, I think my research is a little bit different than what others have done in this field. 
So I'm not only focused on artists, but also on the lived experience of ordinary people who are using those art pieces. Now, coming back to my inspiration, um, I think from my childhood, I was inspired by the Quranic art. I remember standing in my school assembly and looking at the pieces of art which were displayed on the wall, Rabbi Zidni Ilma, one of the verses that I remember, Oh God, increase me in my knowledge. So I, I still remember those artistic pieces that were displayed. And it's it's very much in our culture that we see art pieces all around us. So I was inspired. I was already, always interested in art, Quranic art especially. And then when I was progressing and doing my studies, I got more interested. But then I realized that I don't know if I'm whatever I'm doing is the field of study or not. Because <laughs> art historical things... Yeah. Uh, we do have a huge field of medieval Islamic art and architecture, mm, uh, which yeah. is a very established field. Mm. But the modern and contemporary art, it's still developing. I think we are still in the early stages of this field. So when I was exploring these things, then I had many difficulties, by the way. People were not very much interested in modern and contemporary art. They would say that artists would make up their own stories. People would just use the art without any consciousness or without any reasons. Uh, and this could be true to some extent, but I don't think it's true for everyone. We have, I think, many, many stories and artists can tell us many things that we don't know. And also users, they can tell us what their interpretations are of Quran. Interesting. So so by users, what do you mean by users? Okay, yeah, good question. So people who are using that art piece in their daily lives. Okay. So for example, my research framework, if I explain it uh, in, in this way, I think it would be more easy. So I have decided, I have organized my research into two components. So the usage of art in non-sacred spaces and okay. on body. Okay. So non-sacred spaces means that I'm I'm not going to go into the mosque and ask people what they are doing with the art, what okay. they are doing with, with Quran, the Quran. Okay. and what they are, how they are engaging with the Quran. Because okay. that's very genuine. That's the organic thing that happens all over. When you are in the sacred space, you are connected to something and that's very natural, right? Mm. If you are just going into the space, your mood changes. I'm mm. more interested in the non-sacred spaces, how people live their experiences with the Quran how they engage with the Quran when they are not in a prayer mm. position okay. or state. Mm. So, for example, as I said, that um, uh, uh, the use of Quran on body as well. So, for example, mm. jewelries, tattoos, mm, interesting, uh, textile, forms, right? and mm. other kinds of things that okay. people are using on their bodies. Why they are using it? And okay. they are using, for example, jewelries, they wear it all the time. Mm. Textile, they might be wearing it outside the mosque as well, right. not only in sacred space. So mm. why they wear it? If they wear it, if they use it, how that that changes their lives? Mm. What effects they makes on their lives? Mm. So that's what I'm interested in. Uh, so why are you focusing on modern and contemporary artistic expressions of Quran? And why not or from a historical perspective? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would say I'm not ignoring the art historical perspective because this is important. The Quran is uh, was revealed 14, 1500 years ago. So still there is a tradition. Yeah, absolutely. The art of calligraphy, it has so much history. So I cannot ignore the history. So I'm not saying that I'm not looking into it, but I'm bringing more perspectives in. The modern and contemporary perspectives, how people are living with the Quran, 
in the 21st century mm. in this age of technology and in the in this age of digitalization mm. where where world is so different and i would say the sacred spaces what we call it's not confined to the sacred spaces like mosque and churches and other kinds of prayer spaces i think nowadays the sacred space is more open it's everywhere people would practice their faith everywhere in the real world not everyone has opportunity to, to go to the mosque or to the church or they they might not have time they might be working but they would still be connected to the divine or to the faith somehow so they would practice their faith and they would create the sacred space around them within them so i think definitions are changing interesting yeah so mm. secrecy is not just a building or a place i think secrecy is something else mm. and therefore i'm bringing the non sacred spaces element in to explore those definitions interesting i i know that from a christian perspective um it is believed that the church is not the building it's the people mm-hmm. right that it's a, the, the the faith is about people and True. and i think that speaks to other faiths too or yep. other religions too it's not Indeed. about it's it's people that even make that religion alive and all that mm-hmm. now my next question you mentioned something that people's reaction mm-hmm. and, and and i'm going to be asking that in, in, you know uh, shortly about people's reaction to your work mm-hmm. but i wonder if you can connect that to your methodology mm-hmm. because i think there's a connection there you know how are you going to go by your research and and considering people's reaction like you mentioned how does that shape your methodology okay so my methodology is basically uh, interviewing living people and observations mm-hmm. for sure so i will be going into the field and talking to people observing them so little bit of ethnography little mm-hmm. bit of anthropology and art historical as i said that it has a huge uh, history and a rich tradition mm-hmm. so i i'm not going to ignore that as well uh how people will react to it so from my experience um from my master's research i think people are very welcoming they would like to talk to you they would like to express their feelings in the past in art historical studies the academ- uh, the academic people would wait for artists to die and when their work is recognized they would just make up stories or make connections and study the the influences of the society and study the culture and then they would make connections and make their own story that why this artist make this or why this was built in that way i thought why shouldn't i go to the real people and ask them when they are alive why they are making this why they are using it why it's important to them so instead of me waiting for an artist to die and then i'll i'll create a study on on yeah. those artists yeah. or on the society by just Uh, evaluating the structure or reading whatever is written about them i thought that no let's go into the field and experience the lived experiences of people actually so 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 you 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 really want to document and really explore lived experience or yeah. experience that are still you know that, that that's interesting um so when you say and that goes back to my question around who are the users so 
in concrete terms, who are those that you're going to be interviewing? Are they traders? Are they you mm-hmm. know, market people? Or, yeah, good question. Or, you know, who are they? Yeah. Okay, as I said that I have two categories, two yeah. sections. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the use of art on body and non-sacred spaces. Yeah. I have the same categories for the makers of art Good. on body okay. and in non-sacred spaces. Okay. So I just have a criteria that artists who are creating art for at least more than two to three years, they are into their art practice. They, they shouldn't be a very high profile or commercial artist. These artists, I, I may find it on the streets. And I have found many artists on the street. When I did a small research for myself in 2012, mm-hmm. I found many artists, those were working on the streets and they were creating beautiful pieces. And they had beautiful stories to tell why they are making those And pieces. they might not call themselves artists. They might not. They are maybe the craftsmen people or maybe making art just for their living. They have to do something, right? And that's the only thing that they know. Yeah. That's their passion. Mm. And uh, I would go and ask these people, why you are making this? Mm. How do you feel? And I found this very interesting that people make things because of reasons. They just don't make things out of anywhere. Mm. They have some experiences that they are trying to express through their artistic endeavors. Mm. Uh, and... Also, from users' perspective, when they use art, it's not that they're picking anything and using it. It's just about when we buy something, any any bag or any water bottle or any book or anything, we make conscious decision. Mm-hmm. And we pick things what connects with us. So people pick Quranic verses, Quranic words that connects with them. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it, it's not just taking things from anywhere mm. they have reasons interesting now i know you i know you're from pakistan yeah um so maybe this might be the answer to this question i don't know but why are you focusing on pakistan why not saudi arabia why not iran why why you know other places where quran is is part of the you know the fabric of their society mm-hmm. why pakistan uh, I think some work has already been done in the, on the Middle East and okay. Saudi Arabia. There are some studies available, but the South Asian region is completely being ignored okay. in the academia, okay. and especially Pakistan. So we may find some catalogs of works, but no one has done a rigorous academic study on artistic expressions of the Quran in Pakistan. Mm. And therefore, I thought that this is a gap that I can fill. So it's, it's not just about the fact that you're from Pakistan. No, it's not only about that. No, I could have gone to India or I could have gone to anywhere in the world, to Saudi Arabia, to Dubai or to Middle East. If I go to Middle East, it would be very easy for me to collect the data because there are many artists. They are known. There are many people who are using, for example, Quranic tattoos. So that would be very easy for me. But now I'm going to an, to an area which is really unexplored. So I would be meeting people that no one knows about them. So people who are making art on the streets or people who are using the art in their homes or in their workspaces and no one has never asked them why they are using it. So I am just tapping a very unexplored area, I would say. So what do you think would be the, you know, the, the contribution of your work to the society? I think there is so much of stereotypes that are associated with Islam, with Muslims and how they practice the religion. 
and uh, we are in Canada, but I have seen many people who, who will have misunderstandings. So I think when I bring these real stories to Canadian community, that look, people are using the Quran not for violence. They are making beautiful art pieces and they are meaningful in their lives. They are trying to connect with something. They are using the word for some reasons. And it's not about making violence or making disturbance in the world. They are creating these art pieces for their own peace, for their own satisfaction, and also to express their faith, devotion, or maybe their cultural identity. So it's not only about art or it's not only about that Quran or Islam is about what the West knows. There are more meaning to it. And I think if I bring the lived experiences of people, this would change the perspective or maybe add new things to whatever people know about it. Interesting. I mean, um, like I said, we're going to dwell more a, a little bit on this. Now, they might think about it. Um, this Regardless of the faith that you that anyone profess, uh, I think that there are perceptions to it. If you say you're a Christian, for example, especially in this part of the world, there is so much hostility. There mm -hmm. can be hostility, and people can connect that to colonialism and you know yada 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 and stuff like that. If you say you're a Muslim, <laughs> you know there is Islamophobia. There is that concept, uh, that idea that you know you're a terrorist or you're a potential terrorist and all of that. And I and I and 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 the times that you know the world is like a pendulum. The times we switch to the left, and the times you switch to the right, and and it's very hard to find that you know that balance. So, in what ways do you think that your research will shed more light on not just Islam, not just the Quran, but really faith, and 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 how people live their faith every mm -hmm. single day? Yeah, I think when I bring. Uh, the lived experiences of people, it will certainly shed more light how Quran is impacting on people's life and what the word of God means to people who are actually practicing the faith. Instead of bringing the definitions or the interpretations written by someone else, non-practicing people or maybe uh, made up by the media. So I think this will bring how people are actually engaging with the Quran, what the word of God means to them, how these things matter or influence in their lives. And I'm, I'm sure that stories would be very different from what we know in the West or what is propagated in the media. So, so your, your work is really going to be going to be good, you know, touching issues around identity and, and, and misrepresentation, whether in the media or really challenging some of those stereotypes. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and, I, and I find that really, really that, that, that amazing and at the same time intriguing because um, I think that we need more of that now, especially because when this, when this era where we just live on assumptions about people, about culture, mm -hmm. about race and all that, Earlier on, before we started recording, you were talking about your master's program and, mm -hmm. and perhaps the connection between that and what you're doing now. And what did you do during your master's? So Take most of the students um, actually start with the master's thesis and then they would expand on their PhD study. Uh, but I actually knew what I wanted to do in the PhD. So I 
I framed my master's thesis in that way that would support my PhD. So I already knew that I want to do a PhD on the modern and contemporary artistic expressions of the Quran. And as I said, that I did a little research in 2012 just for my own uh, own satisfaction. I walked on the streets and spoke to many artists or and spoke to many, many people who use the art. And I was just interested why people are using this. And I actually got interested after um, reading the speech of His Highness the Aga Khan. He made the speech in 2003. Uh, that was a colloquium happened in London at the Smiley Institute for the Smiley Studies in 20, uh, 2003. I read that speech, which uh, and few points resonated with me so much that Every person interprets the word of God in their own way. So Quran has diverse meanings. And people of all ages have done that. People are doing it now. They have done it thousand years ago. So I thought that let's walk on the street and see how people are interpreting the God. And these people are ordinary people. They are not the leaders of the community. They are just ordinary people. And they are trying to understand what the word of God means to them what the Quran is telling them and how they can shape their lives. So this was just my small research. And uh, when I was doing my master's in London, uh, I thought that this would be a huge study for my master's. So I wanted to pick something very specific that I could work on and produce a 20,000 words thesis. So I actually picked the mehrab of King Faisal Mosque Islamabad. By the way, mehrab is the Qibla director in the mosque. You can say it's equivalent to altar in the church. Uh, basically, uh, the, the mehrab is in the Qibla wall in the front of the mosque where the imam, the leader of the prayer, would stand and lead the prayer and gives the direction for the prayer. As you know that Muslims pray in the direction of the Kaaba, the holy Khan Kaaba. So that's the mehrab. And why I picked this mehrab? Because this is very unique. This mehrab is different from all other mehrabs that have been built in last 1400 years. So usually, if you see the definition in encyclopedia, it would say the mehrab is a kind of niche, a concave niche. And you could relate to altar as well. You, have, you might have seen many altars in the church which has the niche kind of shape. Uh, so people would make mehrab in a niche shape, in a concave shape for many, many years. This artist, he thought that I want to make something really original. So he studied and he made a mehrab in the shape of the holy book. This mehrab is like a standing book. And he said that this book is open, is just like someone with the opening arms welcoming, welcoming you all. Interesting. Where, where is that where's the mehrab? Where is this located? mehrab is in the King Faisal Mosque at okay. Islamabad, Pakistan. Islamabad yes. is yeah. the capital city that's of Pakistan. Right. Yeah, so that's the national mosque, basically, of Pakistan, and huge mosque. About 10, 12,000 people could easily pray there. And uh, all uh, each Friday, there are congregational prayers. So you studied, you studied the, the mirage? I just studied the mihrab. The yes. mihrab, sorry. Yeah. Hmm. Again, from the perspective of artists and how people are reacting to it, how hmm. people experience the mihrab. So it's not only about the artist that he made the design and he left it for people. Interesting. I'm also interested in how people, people. read that design yeah. or get inspiration from the design and how art plays a role in their own lives as well. Mm. 
So I studied this mihrab. It has the Quranic inscription. It has the whole chapter of the Quran, Surah Rahman. And it's written in the Kufic script. The Kufic script is a very old script. Uh, and many people would not would have difficulty reading this now if you you don't know the language mm -hmm. or if you are not expert you might find a little difficult to read the script people are using it people are trying to engage even it's not very easy to read or a different different mehrab it, mm -hmm. it looks different as I said it's in the shape of the holy book the Quran itself and the concept that it gives welcoming so Mosque is primarily a place for congregation that welcomes everyone. And there is no rich or poor. Everyone is welcome equally. That's what the mihrab says, mm. that God is for everyone. Interesting. Well, just just saying that I, I, was, in, I was in Sudan in, in 2013, and, and I remember a lot of, um, um, you know, art forms and, and you know, textile, uh, necklaces, bangles, mm -hmm. um, even it was so fascinating to realize that even in their car, like on the dashboard, people have different inscriptions, different posters, yeah. you know, of the Quran and, and how that is a way of them really living their faith, mm -hmm. you know. And that kind of brings me to my next question is really focusing on people versus just the authority. In what, what do you think that can, in what way do you think that can help us to rethink some of these issues that we're dealing with in our world right now? Because if we're just looking at the interpretation of the Quran from just the authority, by the authority I mean the imam or the person in charge that people listen to, let's hear what the people are yeah. saying. Yeah. In what way do you think that can help us to to, to, to yeah. rethink some of these things. I think, uh, and this is very important to go to the ordinary people and ask them. People in authority might have their own political agendas, might have their own understandings of, of the text, and they might just impose things on people who are practicing under their supervision. And therefore, I think it is important to go to the ordinary people and ask them, what do you think? Quran is open for everyone. The word is open for interpretation. If you make a sincere attempt to interpret the Quran, there is no right and wrong. If you are sincerely trying to understand what it means to you, there are diverse interpretations. And we may find many books on this. As you might know that Quran is being interpreted by many, many people, many people in the past. And we have different sects of Islam or different divisions of Islam and people have different meanings for each verse. And that is okay. Quran allow these diverse interpretations. If you are making a sincere attempt, that's fine. And when you are using this in your life, it makes it more powerful, more meaningful. Interesting. When you say the Quran has a diverse interpretation, does that mean that there is no one interpretation to say, well, this is what this verse means, mm -hmm. regardless of how other people interpret, interpret it? Is there like a baseline saying, well, this is what this means, you know, um, versus it has diverse interpretation and people can... Mm -hmm. look at it whatever way they want to look at it yeah so 
uh, I would maybe say... Maybe just to clarify yeah, that. Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, if you see the language of the Quran, it's very metaphoric. It's poetic. So when you read the poetry or you, you read the metaphors, you cannot say that this is the only meaning of this word. Mm. You may draw many, many meanings. And each person will draw different meanings at different stages of their life as well. So for example, a 14 year, 15 years old person would read the Quran, would read the words, and those metaphors, those poetry will mean different things to that teenager. But the same thing might be read by 40 years old person. That metaphor would be a different meaning. It's, it's the poetry. It's the metaphor. It's the language. The beauty of the language that gives opportunity for people to interpret in a diverse ways. Mm. It's the engagement that you make. Mm. It's the conscious effort that you, that you make to make connection with that ideas, with that poetry, with that metaphors, with that language and their culture. For sure. Yeah. One more layer to this beauty that it has it has some connection with with the intellect. Mm. So the Quran, for example, the first word that was revealed was Ikra, read. Mm. So the entire field of writing the script or pronouncing the words in a beautiful way, in a way that is activating or mm. persuasive. It's not only about beauty, it's about the stimulation, the intellectual engagement that happens due to this written word or the verbal word that has been spoken. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I think the art of writing and also the art of listening, uh, listening to the Quran or mm -hmm. the art of recitation is important for people mm -hmm. because they make intellectual engagements with them. Mm -hmm. Not only because it appears good, but because it has some meaning yeah. and and the engagement happens not on the physical level, but to another level. Mm. Interesting. Well, um, how do you, now you, you're going to do your field work. Um, what do you intend would come out of this? Apart from the, the writing of the thesis, mm -hmm. um, how do you hope that whatever the knowledge you you your contribution from this research will go back to the ordinary to the people mm -hmm. i don't want to use the word ordinary i mean yeah. to, the, to the community to the community yeah, yeah. so uh, as i said that in in 2012 i was just walking on the streets and i was recording interviews and i made a little documentary out of it so this time again i would be going to the people uh, artists and users both and I will be documenting their views, their engagements, uh, how they are happening. And I will be archiving the pictures and the videos. And then I aim to make a documentary for the community, for for general populace who can understand. And again, your your uh, this uh, program, Beyond the Jargon, is the aim, main aim of this program is to disseminate the knowledge to people who are not very academic but can still understand yeah, if absolutely if yeah. the mm. things are told in a very meaningful yeah. and a, mm. in a in a good way yeah. so that's what i'm aiming for i would collect the interviews i'll make a documentary that is accessible for community for all people and they could see how people are engaging with the quran wow. so in addition to my dissertation my research yeah. publications whatever it is i would certainly make something for the community Oh, interesting. Are there 
questions that you you want to are there last thoughts you want the our audience to 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 know before we wrap it up um i would just say that when you're trying to do something that no one has done in the past it's sometimes difficult to make decision but what i do is listen to my heart mm. what my heart is saying i am i'm very directed that no this is important people are there and when i spoke with many artists mm. and users of art they would say that yes we want to tell this to someone but there is no one who can listen to us mm. they have experiences with the text with the mm. quran they have engagements but those engagements and those stories are mm. never told mm. so i just thought bring those stories in maybe these have meaning for other people's they have meaning for sure for these people who are using this or making this art mm. but we as a community might learn something from their experiences mm. and from their engagements so i think people might challenge you but if you know that you are in right direction mm. and if you know that you are supporting people who are there and their stories are untold be consistent and work for that <laughs> well thank you so much embry uh it's really great to have you talk to us today and thank you for, um, thank you for being me. part of of uh, beyond the jargons and um yeah uh thank you so much thank wishing you. you all the thank best you. in your field work thank and you. um in, yeah. in your writing um yeah i'm yeah. still in the beginning stages of my research so i hope i can bring more knowledge to the Absolutely. community and mm. uh, for sure i will improve and i will bring new things Thank you so much. Thank Henry. you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Jargon on CFUV 101.9 FM. For interviewees contact information or to listen to this episode again, visit cfuvpodcast.com. You can also subscribe, rate or review Beyond the Jargon and other CFUV podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast.